Welcome to Behind the Warrior, a podcast presented by the EOD Warrior Foundation. This series will focus on resources, interviews, and topics impacting EOD warriors, their families, and the military community at large. Today, I'm happy to welcome back Dr. Thomas Kruger of the Kruger Wellness Institute located here in Niceville, Florida. Dr. Kruger, welcome back, and I'm really excited to have you back for today's podcast. Hi, Sherry. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Sure. In our last podcast, we discussed mental health, PTSD, and its effects on the person, the spouse, families, and how to get help. Today, we're going to focus on wellness practices, diet and exercise, sleep hygiene, and how all of these can have a lasting positive effect on the mind and body. So welcome back again. And uh, my sidekick today, Mike, is is out of the office. So it's just me and you today. And okay. I just wanted to say, uh, you know, just start off by asking, what, what have you been up to since the last time we talked? <laughs> Well, you know, it continues to be an interesting time as we all um, continue to navigate COVID-19 and the challenges that it brings. So here at the clinic, we're continuing to support our community through mental health services, dietitian services. Um, I have been currently looking to hire new staff to bring on additional wellness services. And so I've been doing some interviews and supporting the staff and providing uh uh, mental health treatment myself. So staying busy and then personally, um, honestly, we spend a lot of time just staying in and trying to uh, um, take care of the home and, and focus on family and health and um, get through this year. <laughs> well, thank you for that. I, I know that you're doing a lot of, you and your staff are doing a lot of great things for this community and we appreciate it. And we and my husband and I end up staying home a lot also on the weekends because we're first catching up on all of the things we have to do around the house, but secondly, right. exactly, <laughs> just trying to, you know, do the right thing as far as staying in and um, just isolating ourselves just a little bit. Minimizing contact is absolutely important, but it's hard to know, you know, what's the right thing these days and, you know, what are our limitations and the military has set some, some guidelines. And so we've just been following those as our, as our standard practice and minimizing mm-hmm. contact. But I hear you, it's, it is difficult to stay in all the time and especially in beautiful, sunny Florida. It is. <laughs> it is. Well, right. Before we get into the specifics, can you tell our listeners in an overview how important wellness practices are for those with mental health issues or just dealing with everyday life and how to juggle responsibilities and how important it is to have a good wellness program? Absolutely. I think I'll start with, if you don't mind, just a definition of what wellness is. Um, I think it's a word that's thrown around a lot these days, and we all kind of have our own definition, mm-hmm. um, what that means to us. Um, the National Wellness Institute actually defines it as a conscious, deliberate process that requires a person to become aware of and make choices for a satisfying lifestyle. So as you can imagine with that definition, it's very case by case for each person on what it means to have a satisfying lifestyle and how, you know, sleep and and uh, exercise and what they participate in on a daily basis and eating and all of these things, how that affects them. Um, and so it's very self-defined on how you would balance the healthy habits um, in order to have a, um, a life that has wellness. understand. Thank you for that. Mm-hmm. Well, we had a chance. Go ahead. Oh, yeah. I was just going to say, so in, in creating your own definition of what that means for you, uh, overall having wellness 
will lead to longevity, optimum performance in life in both personal and professional settings, and can significantly reduce the risk of disease and mental health. Mm -hmm. So ultimately, by building in time for these wellness practices, we can assist with our overall ability to juggle all of our responsibilities that we have with less stress, less frustration, hopefully with uh, more pleasure. It sounds like a plan. Um, we we had a chance to look at your website and notice that you have a licensed registered dietitian on staff. Can you tell us how you made the decision to incorporate that element or that that person on your staff and why that was important to you? Yes, absolutely. So our brains are acutely sensitive to what we eat. There are there is a significant amount of research that supports the relationship, the correlation between how we eat and our overall mental health and well-being. And in order to provide the um, minimum I believe we need for overall wellness, we decided to start with bringing on mental health providers and a dietitian to be available for our for our uh, clients and community. Very good. And the link between nutrition and and wellness, overall wellness, is is super important. And absolutely, I I think that if um, for folks out there that are maybe struggling with some really chronic uh, dietary issues, do you have any recommendations in regards to that? Um, well, definitely every case is different. It depends on what you're bringing into the picture as far as physically, emotionally, mentally, historically, um, and genetically. So ultimately, if you continue to struggle and have struggled for a long period of time with understanding your dietary needs, um, we, I would recommend seeing a dietitian. Um, starting there, even if it's just one or two sessions, it doesn't have to be long-term care to really get some guidance on what direction to head that best, best fits your personal lifestyle and needs. Um, you know, truly to remain healthy, our brain needs different amounts of nutrients ranging from different essential fatty acids, amino acids, vitamins, minerals, and water. And so poor nutrition can actually alter our brain chemistry and our nerve, effect, nerve functioning and ultimately affect our, our, our brains. Mm-hmm. And so by paying attention to that, that dietary intake and really taking the time to drill down on what best works for you, you're ultimately also increasing your long-term um, positive outcomes of reducing overall mental health and disease. One of the topics that is incorporated into the whole, you know, wellness piece of life is sleep. And I find that subject incredibly fascinating. Mike and I both were, or went to a um, VA uh, hospital last year to listen to a, a, a presentation and also give a presentation for the foundation um, about our services, but also listen to the other speakers that were there. And one of them talked about sleep hygiene. And I know that that's kind of a, a, a real uh, trendy phrase at this point, but can, <laughs> can you, uh, can you tell me, um, you know, about sleep quality and also obtaining, you know, optimal health and well-being and how that, how sleep actually affects that. Sure, absolutely. Um, So you are correct, Sherry. Sleep quality has definitely become a hot topic in the last several years. Um, And it's, it's being linked to obtaining the optimal health and well-being. Um, We, I want to first define sleep hygiene for those that are listening. Mm -hmm. Um, Sometimes I present this to my clients and they kind of give me that, that 
turned head look. Um, <laughs> essentially what sleep hygiene is, is a set of practices and habits that are necessary to have good nighttime sleep quality, um, which then leads to full di- daytime alertness. Um, so this is going to be something that focuses on a pattern of behavior that adds or removes things from your night routine that lead to better, better sleep. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, you know, this is something I see almost with every client that needs a little bit more attention. We find that we, as a society with our cell phones and our TV and, um, our constant need to be touching, looking, doing at night, um, we're seeing a, a significant increase in poor sleep quality. And, um, so this is something I assess for at every intake. And depending on what's presented to me at the initial appointment, we then take a focus from that and, can, and, and look at how we might add or, again, remove behaviors um, to assist with gaining more, more hours of sleep per night, additional hours, um, but also seeing if we can increase the quality of that sleep. Right. And one of the things that I am very curious about, there are a lot of, there's a lot of information out there about how your diet then affects sleep. Can you yes. maybe give yes. give us um, a little insight on, you know, nutrition and eating before bed, drinking alcohol before bed, drinking water before bed? I mean, just how that can affect your brain chemistry and your sleep pattern. Absolutely. Um, so I want to start with uh, what you mentioned with alcohol. Mm-hmm. That's, that's absolutely important. Um, you know, a lot of times I have people report, you know, I just don't sleep well on the weekends and we start to look at what's happening. Um, they're eating later, they're caffeinating later, they're utilizing nicotine later, and they're drinking later. Mm-hmm. And what happens for, especially with alcohol, uh, the way it affects the brain we actually are not fully going through full healthy sleep cycles at night. So when you feel less rested because you drank the night before, that's why, because the body and brain is truly less rested. Um, as, imagine, as you can imagine with caffeine and nicotine, those are both the uppers, if you will, and you can imagine why those would keep us awake and having us not sleep as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but they can as- absolutely sleep, uh, affect our bedtime sleep, um, and more so in the second half of the night when the body begins to process these, these chemicals, the alcohol, caffeine, and nicotine. Um, as far as food, I always work with my clients to um, reduce the amount of heavy or rich foods that they have at night or fatty or fried meals. Spicy dishes can also be something that can affect your sleep or carbonated drinks. Um, so I always uh, have people, we'll look at their, their sleep patterns and we'll go, okay, well, you generally lay down around 10 o'clock at night and we'll work backwards. Okay, at 7 o'clock, let's not consume any liquids if possible. Uh, frequent urination at night is another frequent, is another common cause mm-hmm. of restlessness at night and having to get up, um, especially as you age. Um, so we'll look at fluid intake. We'll look at what those fluids are. But then we also look at food and giving the body time to digest and process those foods prior to laying down can assist in the better quality of sleep. And so we take a close look at that. Um, and at times we're able to also uh, do some positive dietary changes while attempting to improve sleep hygiene. And so we can get a uh, double bang for our buck on that. Mm-hmm. If, if you consume alcohol, and what you just said made a lot of sense to me because sometimes, you know, waking up at three and four o'clock in the morning, you can't really mm-hmm. explain it. But if you go backwards and try to trace what you did before you laid down, then maybe that is the disruptor. And, and I'm, I'm using alcohol, but maybe it's food. Maybe it's something you ate. So that makes mm-hmm. a lot of sense to me. 
And then secondly, if you do indulge in um, either of those things, whether it's a a late meal because you worked late and you're coming home at, you know, eight o'clock and have to eat, does, does the element of, you know, exercise, maybe a 15 minute walk play any positive role in helping to digest and also process that to get a better night's sleep? There are positive links between exercise and sleep. There's a positive correlation between those two. However, what we do see is a lot of times, depending on uh, work schedule, personal schedule, people will come home under rigorous activity prior to bed. And that we, we see a, a decline in improved or healthy, healthy sleep, if you will, mm-hmm. um, with rigorous activity. So yes, a nice stroll, um, stretching, and um, can be ways to help assist with some of that uh, processing of the liquid or or food. And um, but we want to kind of you know I don't I wouldn't suggest having a heavy heavy meal and going oh I ate a little late tonight and then going for a long quick sprint or Mm -hmm. a long run and and doing sprints, intermittent sprints, and then trying to sleep. You might not find that that the two are going to um, combine and still provide healthy sleep. Does that make sense? It does make sense because exercise in some cases gives you a lot of energy. I mean, it it does for me. If I exercise, then I feel invigorated after that. (laughs) So I can definitely understand that that would would contribute to maybe not getting a, a... or not being able to fall asleep maybe in your normal pattern or, or whatever you've established. Um, so that makes sense to me. Yeah, yeah, and absolutely. And so what, what we have to look at is how much are we kicking that nervous system on mm-hmm. just prior to sleep and how much are we activating the metabolism of food mm-hmm. and creating a balance for that. And so ultimately uh, we can increase our metabolism rate by eating healthy throughout the day, making the proper choices with, with hydration. And so when we do eat food, if we eat a little late, we, the bodies might naturally be metabolizing quicker than maybe someone who has a sedentary lifestyle. And so we can look, this is again an example of that case-by-case on the dietary on what works for you, what works best for you as it relates to all of this wellness included into our life, these elements. Okay. So what works for, for one person um, and what they can eat, how late they can eat, how they metabolize it, what kind of exercise they can sustain prior to rest is going to be different case by case. Okay. Well, that's yeah. important to know because we're, mm-hmm. we're definitely all different. That's for sure. <laughs> and one other, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, you make you make a great point. We're all different, and you know I want to let the the listeners know that you don't need a professional always to help you with this. You can grab a journal, wake up in the morning. What time did I wake up? How did I feel when I woke up? Write down throughout the day if you exercised, if you took a nap, and we'll talk about naps in a moment. Mm-hmm. Write down uh, what you ate when and in your fluid intake and when you went to bed. The next morning when you wake up, how did you feel? Well, if you look and you ate at eight o'clock the night before and you're groggy and sleepy and didn't sleep as well. Okay. Maybe the next day you go to, you eat at seven. So you can start to just do some personal journaling and you can cross compare these days events to see where your targets might be on. Wow. I feel the best when I go to bed around nine and I get up at five. Mm -hmm. That seems to be where I feel the best. And I'm not, I'm not drinking fluids after seven. So I'm not getting up in the middle of the night and I'm eating a, a nice meal when I get home, but not one that's full of sugars or 
you know, high carbohydrates or but that's different for everyone again. And so we can, we can utilize this personal self journaling, um, to speak, uh, to self discover. If you find that you're doing that, um, continuously not able to really find that optimum target, um, you know, come and see us. We'd be happy to help you, um, in this process. But I also wanted to share that you don't need a professional always be able to find your best self. I appreciate that. And I, I know our listeners will as well. Sometimes it's just paying attention and it can, make, it can make a complete difference. So I appreciate that very much. I totally agree. You know, I, I think if someone asked me to the, okay, what is the most powerful thing that you do as a clinical psychologist? I would say awareness. Hmm. And awareness is not something that if we take the time, we need anybody else to help us with. Awareness of our moods, awareness of what it is, what choices that we're making throughout the day and how that's linked to where, what our mood patterns are. Those are all things that, um, you know, our listeners are able to do that have the ability to do themselves is bring some personal awareness. Right. And, you know, it, it, it helps with accountability also and just understanding, understanding everything. So I think that's a great tip. Absolutely. Right. You have to be willing to do it. That's right. totally true, Sherry. Yeah. Yeah. You, do. <laughs> you know, um, and, and honestly, people come in sometimes and like, hey, you know, I've been trying to do this and I need mm-hmm. I need this appointment every week to come in so that I can be accountable and we start the work. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just wanted to impress uh, upon our community that, um, you know, there are ways to, to, to take what we're learning today, what we're talking about today. Just be curious. Um, yes. Hold yourself accountable. You've got a journal to be able to cross compare your journals. Right. right. Um, And so, you know, it's a great point that you make, but um, we're always here if people need us, but Mm -hmm. I just wanted to share um, little ways that they can start to, to drill down on what, what is their best overall wellness look like for them and how might they do that starting today. Right. Well, thank you for that. That's great. Absolutely. Again, great information to share and something that can be, you know, it's universal. It's, it's, it's really good. Um, Well, on your website, you have a resource page, and one of the links is to the sleepfoundation.org. And yes. how important is it to really find the right mass- mattress? Um, you know, statistics say that one, we, one third of our lives is spent sleeping. So um, how, how important is it to find the right mattress? Extremely important. When we think about quality of food and what we're putting in our bodies, it's the same. It's, it's, we, we have to look at when we're spending large amounts of time laying on something, how is our body responding? Are we comfortable? So when we're looking at sleep hygiene, this is absolutely imperative to look at. I literally just had a veteran last week, got his new bed, and he said, he said on Tuesday, Doc, I've been sleeping great. <laughs> now, we have been working on sleep hygiene for six months, mm-hmm. and you know, not everybody has the resources for, for a new bed. Um, so he finally saved up. It was a goal that we had had. Um, the mattress he had was he, you know, he's had for 10, 15 years and some, mm-hmm. some last that long, but his particular mattress was causing, causing, um, some, uh, difficulty mm-hmm. and, uh, he's been sleeping great. And that was exciting to hear. Um, what I love about the website that I put up was that this website actually will allow you to key in. There's so much research and, um, different opinions on sleeping on your side, sleeping on your stomach, um, 
Uh, and I have personal opinions on that, but as a professional, I want to put a site up there that says, okay, I like to sleep on my stomach. I always have. I don't care what the research says. What's the best bed for me? And that site will actually um, assist you with finding um, what beds research-wise best work with your sleep pattern or your, your way of sleeping. Um, there is, there's even on there, it says which bed, you know, which bed's um, best for sex. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's a fun website. It's got a lot of research. It, it um, uh, appears to be unbiased from, from what I um, can tell based off just perusing it. They've got all kinds of options and um, I, I thought that would be fun. That's why I put it on the website. But yes, choosing the right mattress plays a huge role on, um, on our sleep, sleep quality once we get the sleep hygiene down. Very cool. I'm I'm going to actually check that that site out because the last mattress that we actually purchased, we thought you know it was so comfortable in the store and it was wonderful and it was not cheap. And uh-uh. we are four years into the mattress, uh-huh. and I'm I just I think that we need a new mattress, and and it's hard. It's an investment, and you don't want to just throw money away but at at the end of the day the quality of our sleep i think is being affected by not being completely comfortable and it and it adhering to how what kind of sleeper we are you know what kind of sleepers we are so absolutely and you know there's all kinds of options out there uh, they have now like if you're if you have a partner someone that you share a bed with they have split kings now where you can choose one type of bed and your partner can choose another so it can be very personalized but yet still together mm-hmm. um there's a new um i'm not going to plug any names but there's a new mm-hmm. company a company that's uh been around, but came, just recently came out with a new bed um, that allows it to monitor your sleep over time, um, actually throughout the night, um, while connecting the bottom. So one of the things that I hear complaints about the split king and being able to have your ideal bed for you with the partner is there's that big crack crack in the middle, right? Because it's two two twins right. together. Right. Well, there's a company that just came out with one that connects the bottoms and only the top the um, the tops are separate. Mm-hmm. And you're able to have, so there's all kinds of, of neat things. Science is staying up with sleep mm-hmm. because it's, it's so, it's so important. It's the hot topic. It's the, it's, we're, we're finding such major, major links to immune system, cardiovascular system, um, brain production, genetics. Uh, we are um, seeing the outcome of that for, uh, research in our, in our beds and our options. So, um, and there are some, you know, for military, for active duty, uh, there are a lot of companies, just ask, that will do a significant reduction in percent, especially around Memorial Day, Veterans Day, um, that you can save thousands of dollars at times, uh, those times of year. That's great. Great to know. Yep. Great to know. Yeah. Another thing when we're talking about uh, mattresses is pillows. Pillows are equally as important and equally as personalized and what works for you and how your body best responds to um, sleeping on a pillow. And so keeping that in mind too when you're you're uh, practicing your healthy sleep hygiene patterns. Mm-hmm. Um, another thing to mention is that um, the research really shows time and time again, if you can get your room down in the 60s, um, I've seen as low as 60 well, that's a little chilly for me. Well, not sure how I feel about that personally, <laughs> but I'll just tell you what the research says. It says somewhere between 60 and 67 for optimum sleep. 
Um, You want to reduce your screen usage and your cell phone usage. If you're going to utilize those items, um, I suggest using blue light blocking glasses. Mm -hmm. Um, One of the neuropsychologists that I worked with in Virginia used Apex. Um, They look like kind of like shooting glasses. They're only 10 bucks on Amazon. Um, They work wonderfully and they're, they're, they're a low price so that you can, you know, you don't have to spend, there's some out there that are a hundred bucks. But blue light blocking glasses have been shown uh, to significantly increase the amount of melatonin that is produced naturally in the brain um, prior to laying down. So if you'll utilize those and if you're still using the phone, the TV, those kinds of things, at least the brain is starting to process and prepare for rest. Um, And so that's a way to kind of uh, mitigate that if you're not able to or not willing to put your cell phone down or turn the TV off. (laughs) Right, right. Um, Okay, well, that's great to know. I've, yeah. I've heard about the blue, like the blue light glasses, but I haven't haven't explored that. You know, when I, I, I do, I get to do a lot of incredible work with uh, integrative practitioners. So I work with a primary care physician right now, um, and she, um, it's it's a go to for her almost at intake at this point because she's just seeing, uh, you know, people. I hear this time and time again, and you know, her and I were talking about this. You finally get the day to quiet down. You finally have a moment. You want to play on their phone. You want to zone out watching TV. It's your time. The world is quiet. And yet that's directly affecting our sleep. Right. By watching TV or doing these things that feel like self-care mm-hmm. that you know, satisfy one part of, the, of our brain and body, but are really creating a deficit where it's most important, which is sleep. And so we find that if we can give a, um, a mitigator, a mediator in that, then, um, you know, sleep is increased. Um, some of the newer research is showing that these blue light, like blue light blocking glasses can increase. Um, we can actually get one to two more hours of sleep per night hmm. because we're actually getting tired faster by allowing that natural process to begin. That's pretty cool. What yeah, a, what yeah. about reading before bed? Is that is there any research that indicates that that's? I guess it depends on maybe what you read before you go to bed. But yes, yes, absolutely, that, yes. Okay, all right. Um, so what you read? I've got one veteran who loves his war books. Mm-hmm. He has nightmares, and you know. So we're working with. Um, mm-hmm. Can he still sleep? I talk about audiobooks because if you have an audiobook, maybe that's something that you want to listen to. Um, maybe you need that distraction because you struggle with um, intrusive thoughts, um, flashbacks, those kinds of things. Maybe a, uh, an audiobook is helpful, but choosing the right narrator and choosing the right book. Um, honestly, maybe something that's a little boring, right? Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> um, right. When we talk about reading, we're also talking about lamps being on. And so that's, again, where you're going to start to see less production and less preparation of the brain preparing for sleep. Um, but that is a go-to for a lot of people. And I would say reading a book over watching TV is um, probably the better option. Okay. All right. Yeah. Well, I know we, we're spending, uh, you know, a lot of the time here on on sleep hygiene because I think it's so, so important. But in relation to that, can we talk about the routine that you get that you can get established and and you mentioned something about talking about naps so what what does that look like i've always heard that you should only take a 20 minute nap if you're going to do it and and ex- that that holds true today with okay. the current research okay. um and you can look kind of across the board with different theoretical uh looks at you know sleep and how what works best and i we're consistently seeing that limiting daytime naps to 30 30 minutes or less mm-hmm. 20 to 30 um 
because you really can't make up for inadequate sleep. That's just how the brain works. You cannot make up for not having slept the night before. However, a short nap can help improve your mood, alertness, and performance throughout the day. Okay. Um, and so uh, keeping at 20 to 30 is going to keep you from moving into that, um, keep you from moving further along in this sleep cycle process. We've all been that place where we sleep a little too long. We wake up feeling groggy and less attentive and less alert, right? Mm, right. Um, and that's why. And so if we can keep ourselves at that 20 to 30 minutes, the research definitely shows um, improvement and alertness and also does not have a direct correlation to affecting your overall sleep at night when okay. you go to bed for that evening. Very cool. Yeah. Well, we, um, I understand in addition to sleep hygiene and also diet, uh, you're, you also look at um, other wellness practices. And, and some of the ones that I saw, I think, referred to yoga, meditation. But mm-hmm. um, can you tell us a little bit about those, the, the more holistic practices that may be, you know, encouraging for, for those that may just need to, you know, have some quiet time during the day or focus having that self-care at some point in their day um, or in their week. Um, I, you know, everybody's busy and their routines are, are different. Right. So it's, it's hard to, right. uh, I find it hard to grab, you know, 20 minutes in a day sometimes to, to actually focus on something that I need or for wellness. So can you speak to any of those practices? Well, I have good news for you then because the research consistently shows that at least 10 minutes of aerobic exercise, walking, cycling, um, can drastically improve uh, nighttime sleep quality Mm -hmm. and your mental health. So that's good news. (laughs) Wow, that's really good news. I'm encouraged Um, by that. (laughs) Yeah. Um, you know, ideally when we're looking at cardiovascular health, aerobic health, when we're looking at that physical piece, um, the research does again, consistently show that 30 minutes or more. Um, but as it relates to, um, truly being able to subdue the responses from, um, our, our sympathetic nervous system, which is that fight or fight reaction, um, the hormonal feedback system that reacts to stress. And if we can get at least 10 minutes or more of just movement, um, and it doesn't have to be high intensity movement, um, that we can benefit from truly helping our brain function well, Mm -hmm. which improves mental health and, um, improves memory, helps us sleep better, boosts our overall mood all, all across the board, and ultimately relieves stress, which is what we all need these days. Mm-hmm. For sure. <laughs> um, For sure. Yeah, truth be told, exercise is like an antidepressant. Mm-hmm. It increases levels of, the, of those healthy neurotransmitters, that, like serotonin and norepinephrine in the brain, um, and that, in turn, is boosts your mood. Mm-hmm. Right, which is, which is awesome. And right. um, it's a, right. you can do it all yourself. <laughs> you can. We all are. We're all able. It's about the the. Um, we're all able in our own way. What exercise looks like is different for everyone. You mentioned yoga, mm-hmm. um, maybe versus running, for example. Um, mm-hmm. Not everybody's a runner. If you're yeah. a runner, you're a runner. You love running, and it works for you. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're not, there are some. Look, go to YouTube. YouTube has honestly phenomenal yoga instructors that put their stuff up there for free, right there in your own home. Mm-hmm. Um, grab a towel, uh, maybe a beach towel or a, you know, a larger towel. You don't even have to have fancy yoga mat and just all along, do mm-hmm. half of it, do part of it. Um, just sit, watch the yoga while you focus on your breathing and your body. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, and, so, and ultimately I think, well, I think there, there is some level of um, hesitation with yoga because 
maybe in 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 my mind before I even tried it, you know, 10 years ago, I was thinking, well, I, there's no way I can do those positions and do all of those fancy oh, things. And That's for yogis. Right. Doing yoga. Correct. So <laughs> once I better understood, you know, that, that I didn't have to be a certain way or do it, a, no. you know, do things a certain way. And and really it was more about focusing on, on your breath yes. and focusing on your body and doing absolutely what was comfortable for you. If If you felt right. like... A position that the yogi was was presenting uh, is not comfortable. Then, then the answer is don't do it. And absolutely. Yep. So maybe that would yeah. be encouraging too for people to hear that you know it, it's not a perfect situ a perfect scenario. It really is again individualized. Right. Absolutely. And any. Any yoga studio is going to offer different levels of course classes. Um, and any, I hesitate to say this, but this is how I feel. Any great yoga instructor is going to continue to remind you that it's a non-competitive environment. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It is about meeting your body where it's at. And anyone that's done yoga, um, more than once or twice recognizes every time it feels different. Right. Right. What, what, how, how did I sleep that week? What nutrition, what was my nutrition intake look like? What did it look like? Um, uh, how was my hydration? How was my mood? How was my interpersonal reactions with my, my partner or friends? Mm -hmm. You know, what was I bringing to the table that day? And yoga is going to feel different every time. And that's why it's, uh, such a neat practice where it really is about, um, meeting, meeting your body where it's at that day Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. in a non-competitive way. Right. I love that. Non-competitive. Yeah. That's, that's awesome. Um, yeah. What about meditation and just breath? I, I think, you know, sometimes we f- just forget to breathe. <laughs> meditation is something that I often hear people say they try and can't do. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I hesitate from saying um, people, uh, you know, pushing meditation as a practice, um, because I find people get more frustrated with it before. Understood. Um, they, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, there are some phenomenal apps out there. One of them, and I usually don't, I don't like to plug, but Calm has been around for a while. They've mm-hmm. got commercials now. Um, they've got some stuff you can try for free, and that's why I mentioned them. And there's some other ones. Uh, Rest and Relaxation R&R. Uh, the VA did one. Uh, there are some apps where you can choose what it is that you want to focus on the day. Do you want to be inspired? Do you want to... Um, uh, prepare for sleep. You know, what is it that you're feeling that you want to uh, focus on mm-hmm. and bring to the presence of your mind and do that through relaxation and breathing and it will guide you. So it's guided meditation, which is much different than learning to truly meditate. Sure. Absolutely. And there, there's and a variety. To start there. Right. I'm sorry. Yes. Right. Yeah, there's a right. there's a variety of things out there available to um, to folks mm-hmm. that are that are, are free, and uh, it's in the app world. It's it's pretty cool to be able to, to oh, plug yeah, in and learn so something. Many, yeah, these are, <laughs> right, right. And I, there's on my website. We've got some apps. I'm trying to uh, not an app for my website, but um, mm-hmm. uh, strategy coping strategies med- uh, meditation apps. Um, meditative practice apps on the website. Cool. I think Calm's on there, and I've got some other ones. Um, I don't get 
anything for them. It's just ones that I know you can get for free and try. Sure. And so there's more on there. Sure. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Well, also, right. speaking of the VA, and just I'm just going to inject this um, briefly, but they've even adapted some of the wellness practices as far as yoga, meditation, you know, talking mm-hmm. about sleep, all of those things. So they're actually, you know, getting on board with understanding the value of all of those things and, and how it is, you know, a well-rounded picture if you can accomplish that. Absolutely. And I'm, it's, it's so encouraging to see that, you know, the reason I believe that's happening is because the science is showing the, the necessity for uh, these preventative practices mm-hmm. and ways to um, heal mm-hmm. in, in a mind, body, and soul. Right, right. Practice, right, right. So speaking of statistics, uh, Dr. Kruger, do you have any that you would like to share with our listeners uh, in reference to any of the things that we've talked about? We've talked about sleep. We've talked about nutrition. We've talked about just additional wellness practices. So is there anything in particular that you wanted to hone in on to share with our audience? Hmm. You know, I think overall... I just want to encourage everyone to recognize that um, we all have things we're working on. We all have areas of our life that um, we could take a look at and, and, and tweak or tune. Mm-hmm. And I just encourage everyone to take a step back and figure out, you know, what might one small thing be that they can look at? Is it maybe limiting TV at night? Is it maybe, wow, I didn't realize I was drinking fluids so late. Maybe that will help. Um, uh, what are my food choices? You know, am I, am I taking in hydration? And so I think overall, I just want to encourage people to just um, take it in small steps. You know, we talked about a lot of things today, um, but, you know, choosing one thing to, to bring an awareness to and work on and just do that one step at a time and just slowly improve that overall health and wellness in your, in your life and what works for you and what you need. Well, that's a very positive overall message. overall reduce stress. Hmm? Yeah, I said that's a very positive message to, to share. Yeah, it, it can get overwhelming when we start talking about all of these things and all these changes that need to happen. Um, they don't all need to happen. These are all little ways that we can all um, take small steps start towards getting better sleep. Maybe knowing 10 minutes in the morning of just getting up, walking 10 minutes in the morning, doing a couple minutes of stretching, how much that can actually assist in your sleep that next evening, but also how it's going to help your metabolism, maybe your food choices throughout the day. Um, Maybe it's starting with those food choices. Maybe choosing one meal a day that you just make one healthier choice. And right. do that for a week. And then the next week, pick two things the next, in a day. Um, and, you know, any year, you'll have, without even notice, uh, made some major changes in your nutritional and uh, mental health, yeah, overall mental health. That's great advice. Mm-hmm. And, and I also loved the, the tip that you provided in regards to the journal and just doing some, you know, mm-hmm. journaling and logging what your daily practices are and, and how, you know, small changes can, can produce big results for you and overall just feeling better. Absolutely. And, and the thing is that I hear often time and time again, well, it was never. And I don't usually, well, we all change. Mm-hmm. You know, our environments change. Um, who we are as we continue to grow and adapt to what's happening in the world and at work and in our relationships changes. Um, our bodies change on the inside too. How we respond to things changes. So um, if it used to be okay and now it's not, journal about that. 
Mm-hmm. Get curious about that. Bring awareness to that. Um, don't assume because it always was um, and now it's not that it can't ever be again. Got it. Um, we might redefine what that looks like, but um, I, I do, again, often hear that. And, well, it was never this way before. I don't know what the problem is. Okay, mm-hmm. let's be curious. Well, absolutely. Let's, and let's empower. Yeah, and age can play a part in that as well. Absolutely. And look, stress hormones, um, when it comes to blood sugar and insulin, there are so many things that are happening on the inside. And when we look at sleep quality over a long period of time, the ability to adapt and learn, um, long-term increased cortisol is so damaging on the body. It changes the hormones, the neurotransmitters. um, What we're eating, all of that creates effect over time. Mm -hmm. And so where am I at today on the here and now? What is it that I'm I'm experiencing now that I might need, might want to take a closer look at to improve my overall health and wellness? Right. Great advice. And Mm -hmm. uh, we, we certainly appreciate it. And before we uh, finish this particular podcast, I wanted to ask if you had any reading literature that may be, you know, potentially helpful for folks out there that might just want to read a little bit more about um, overall the wellness. Sure. And not at night, but yes. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So for sleep, there's all kinds of books out there, and I try to steer away from being too, um, but there is a uh, Dr. Matt Walker. He did a great TED Talk if you want to check that out. Um, And then he also has a book, Why We Sleep, Unlocking the Power of Sleep and Dreams. And he just does an incredible job with current new research that's so adaptive to today's life. Um, We didn't get to a lot of that today, but he just, he just, has done some incredible work. I think that might be really insightful for people. Um, you know, I mentioned earlier immune system, cardiovascular, um, genetics, DNA, um, and how sleep plays a role in that. And he does a really nice job of laying all that out. And then for a dietitian, um, you know, I, there's so many diets out there. Um, I hesitate to use the word fad. Some of them are fad. Some of them have been around for a long time, and they're really helpful for some people and very detrimental to others. And so there's no specific nutritional diet or um, way of eating that I ever would want to push or pursue mm-hmm. uh, as a primary for anyone. Again, this goes back to what works for you. We started with that today on defining what health and net wellness was. But there is a book that's been around around for a while. Um, It's called Intuitive Eating. And it does, what I do love about this book, and I've had several clients read it, is that it's about nurturing your body rather than starving it. And it helps you reconnect with your body, um, listening to hunger, fullness. um, Am I hungry? What does this mean? And um, really the ultimate goal of this book is removing the guilt around food and the control or power food has over you. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I do find this to be a helpful book about rebuilding your body image and taking, you know, taking back control over food. Um, but again, I want everyone to understand that I'm not pushing any one way of eating because this is a very, uh, it's a very personalized thing for everyone. Yeah, absolutely. Well, we definitely appreciate your time um, again, part two, and so excited to be able to do this with you again. And all of your practical advice, I'm hoping that our listeners will grab onto something. And if they're if they're struggling with any of those issues, you know, maybe grab onto a piece of what you've shared with us today. And please know that we we certainly appreciate everything that you do. 
Absolutely. Thank you for everything you and, and all of the EOD Warrior Foundation community do for our veterans and our military. Absolutely. It's our honor. And I hope you have a great weekend. All right. Thanks. Thank you for all you do. Thank all you. Right. All right. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to our Behind the Warrior podcast. This series is provided to you by the EOD Warrior Foundation. To learn more, please visit us on Facebook or at eodwarriorfoundation.org. And don't forget to tell a friend.